The patient experience is absolutely inseparable from the outcome. Life-changing medicine must be accompanied by a life-changing patient experience. In a society where the average person spends more of their time with their coworkers than their family, it's vital that we make each other feel cared for. How we treat each other is every bit as important as how we treat our patients. Mary Barkheimer is the Vice President of Patient Care Services and the Chief Nursing Officer of UPMC St. Margaret. When she found herself with a difficult diagnosis, her coworkers rallied around her to help. Here's Mary. It's really important for you to know part of my story is I started as a staff nurse in the operating room at Shadyside Hospital. I became the CNO at St. Margaret in November of 2011. And one of the best opportunities that the chief nurse has is being able, right here on this stage, to escort your Cameo of Caring Nursing Award to the ceremony. So I called my sisters and said we needed to go shopping for an evening gown. Now something you may not know is that women of my age need to make a few adjustments when trying on strapless dresses. So I felt something, but I thought it was nothing. So I ignored it, like every nurse does. But a few weeks later, nothing went away. So I decided I should probably call my PCP and get a mammogram. The mammo tech at McGee was very courteous. And like any woman, after the procedure, I said, did you see anything? Can I take a look at the film? And she pointed and said, go down the hall and wait. So a few minutes later, I was called into the dark reading room at McGee, where I met Dr. Rita Zuli. Dr. Zuli showed me an area on my mammogram that looked suspicious, and she suggested that I get a needle biopsy. So after the needle biopsy, Dr. Zuli said she would call me in a few days. So I attended the Cami Awards dinner that following Friday evening, feeling pretty good about my new dress, what a great way not to worry about your biopsy results, and what a fantastic evening to honor the work of great nurses. So I heard from Dr. Zuli a few days later, and my call went like this. Mary, I'm sorry to tell you that your biopsy was cancerous. Now I know the first thing that I said to her on the phone was, are you sure you wanted me, Mary Barkheimer? The first thing that went to my mind was my husband, Keith. My son, Zachary, was stationed in the Air Force in Tokyo. It was my son, Luke's senior year at Penn State. How were we as a family going to get through this? But how was I going to tell my sons? So my journey begins. I reach out to my friend Mary Beth McLaughlin for advice. Now normally at UPMC, I'm the person that people call for surgical advice. 
and they asked me for a couple names. But now I was the person asking for help. So I got an appointment with Dr. Ron Johnson. Dr. Johnson, in my opinion, is the finest breast surgeon at UPMC and in the country. Dr. Johnson is very direct. He gave me all the odds and statistics based on my lymph nodes and my cancer type. Dr. Johnson suggested that the first stage in my journey be surgery. So my surgery was scheduled for the Tuesday before Thanksgiving at 3 p.m. I thought to myself, really? Me? Last? They have no idea who I am. I was the last case of the day. Being the last case made me really understand how my patients felt waiting for surgery. So my husband and my sisters and I arrive for my surgery, and the first person that greets me says, Mary, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Dr. Johnson had cancellations, and he has been waiting for you, and he is not happy. I thought to myself, really? Where did you think I was? Shopping? I was at home making my husband crazy. I was nervous. And you're telling me prior to having surgery for breast cancer that my surgeon is not happy. Really? So I was rushed through the pre-op process. It's as real as it gets when you're being wheeled into the operating room. I looked around that room and thought to myself, I have done this for over 25 years. I was really nervous. All I wanted was someone to hold my hand when I went to sleep. Unfortunately, that did not happen. I was the last case of the day. They wanted me done so they could go home. I wondered how many times I was in a hurry and made someone feel this way. Dr. Johnson said he would call me in a few weeks. I was either waiting for three options, more surgery, chemo and radiation, or just radiation. About 10 days later, which I can tell you felt like 10 years, Dr. Johnson called and said, Mary, I have good news and bad news. Those aren't good calls. The good news is that your margins are clean. The bad news is that seven of your lymph nodes are not. I knew that meant option number two, chemo and radiation. And I thought to myself, shoot. Now there were some other words used, but right here, right now, we're gonna go with shoot. The next step in my journey was to see an oncologist. My husband and I 
got an appointment through the help of my friend Mary Beth at the McGee Cancer Center. The nursing assistant that brought me back, I know she asked me over 150 questions. She was very kind and thorough in completing all her tasks. I asked her how many patients that she has taken care of with breast cancer. She very kindly looked at me and said, too many. So I met Rachel Jankowitz, who was also the finest oncologist at McGee. Rachel provided me a number of odds and statistics for my chemo. She said, Mary, I know you're a nurse and you've probably done your own research, but let me take care of you. Just that statement, let me take care of you, made me feel terrific. So after the holidays in January, my port was inserted in radiology at McGee and my husband and I walked up to the cancer center where I met Annette. Annette would be my chemo nurse for the next seven months. She was very kind and compassionate. She asked me about my family. She laughed at my husband's stupid jokes. We talked about food and beer. She asked me what I did, and I told her I was a nurse, but I wasn't this kind of nurse because I needed everything explained to me. She made me feel like the most important person to her at that time. Annette realized how scared I was, and she leaned over and said, okay, let's get this started. She gave me the biggest hug, and she said, I will be with you every step of the way. I'm the best. I've been doing this for over 15 years. Now, I had no idea if she was the best or not. But that also gave me reassurance. My goal was to go low radar at UPMC. But my chemo was every Monday, which was the CNO meetings. And I told you I was a new CNO. And I thought to myself, how do I tell Holly Lorenz that I'm going to miss seven months of CNO meetings. Holly's comment to me went like this. Mary, it's all good. You got this and we've got you. And I'm gonna tell you, a few weeks later on the front porch of my house, not one, not two, but eight, count them, eight gallons of ice cream appeared on my front porch in a dry ice container with a note from Holly Lorenz saying, this is all good. You've got this and we've got you. Tammy Manier is also an, a mentor and a friend. Tammy's call went like this. Hi, Mary. I wanted to give you a few weeks to wrap your head around this. You know I am here for you and St. Margaret Nursing. Now put on your big girl pants and you take control. This does not control you. 
During my chemo, our president had resigned. And along comes our current president, David Patton. Now I thought, I don't know this guy at all. What is he going to think of his bald chief nursing officer? Patton's first remark to me was, you look good. I like your wig. He said, here is what I'm going to do for you. Notice Dave didn't ask me what he could do for me. He said, here is what he was going to do. Patton would attend staff meetings during high census. He would round on the nurses upstairs because my white count did not cooperate me being on the floor. Omelets would magically appear on my desk for breakfast. And Dave assured me that he would get the medical staff ready for magnet. Seven days after you start chemo is when they expect your hair to fall out. So I decided I would take Tammy's advice and shave my hair myself. No picture of that. Tracy Stancola was the Vice President of Human Resources at St. Margaret. She said her job was going to make sure that my wig was on right and that my eyebrows looked good. Tracy would provide me countless days of support and laughter. She got it. Treat me like nothing was wrong. How blessed am I to have such great leaders reach out and offer me support. How blessed are we because they are still here with us at UPMC. Now here's what I can tell you about chemo. It was scary to me, so I called it cocktail hour. The red adriamycin I considered my pomegranate martini, and everything else was clear, so it had to be vodka. Making sure that everyone washed their hands became my obsession. My white count did not cooperate. It is very scary, and it made me understand how our patients feel when you see someone coming at you and they have not washed their hands. I was asked daily by my St. Margaret family how I was feeling. And you know, crappy was the word. I didn't want to tell them that because you look different and you feel different. I watched the chemo staff weekly at McGee. Sometimes they were excited as one of the patients finished their course. I watched them cry as others were not as successful. I listened as they explained the side effects that my new friends and I were having, explaining in every detail what they could do to make us feel better. They made me want to be a better nurse. The last part of my journey was radiation. If I could get it at 6.30 in the morning, nobody would know, except those orthopedic surgeons that work at St. Margaret's who like 6 a.m. meetings. 
So I met Dr. Ryan Smith at St. Margaret's Oncology Center. Dr. Smith explained everything to me about radiation. Ryan agreed to be at St. Margaret's every day at 6.30 a.m. for 12 weeks so that I could make my 6 a.m. meetings with my orthopedic friends. I thought this could not be any harder than chemo, so I called it time to tan. Radiation makes your skin red. It did cause me some burns. It did make me very tired. I think we have a picture. Ten months from the start of my journey, we attended my son Luke's Penn State College graduation, thinking how lucky am I to be here. How blessed am I that my family and my work family supported me. My journey made me value and respect being part of the UPMC family. I was provided the time to take care of myself and supported as an executive leader with the help of many of my peers in this room. In closing, I will tell you that a bad hair day is better than a day with no hair. Remember to take five minutes to hold someone's hand. You never know when you will need to be on the receiving end of needing that touch. Five years ago, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. Five years ago, I never thought this would be me. One in eight women will have some form of breast cancer. So please get your mammogram. Do self-breast exam. This Connect to Purpose has allowed me to publicly say to my St. Margaret family, thank you, thank you. I am proud to be an executive at UPMC. We are fortunate to be a part of life-changing medicine. I am one of the lucky survivors to have experienced this great care. Thank you. You've been listening to Life-Changing Moments. If you have a story of your own, we'd love to hear from you in our Yammer group, Life-Changing Moments. You might even find yourself in an episode of your own. In the Yammer group, you can connect with your coworkers to see how they're creating an exceptional UPMC experience and share your thoughts on each episode. For more information on how you can create a better UPMC experience for our patients and your colleagues, search UPMC Experience on Infonet. Life-changing moments are everywhere. What part will you play?